Happy Monday, everybody, and happy February, February the 1st, 2021. Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast. And of course, on Mondays, we play comedies, and we've got a great one lined up for you today. So it's time for you to get over there in that big, comfortable chair, get your feet up, maybe get yourself a little refreshment, and let the cares of the day drift away, because we're coming right back at you with this week's old-time radio comedy. Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Monday, Monday. It just turns out that way. Something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Situation, no complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Ready tomorrow, comedy tonight. <laughs> Okay, this week we're going to visit our friends over at Wistful Vista and an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly that was first broadcast on the 14th of October in 1947. And this features one of everybody's favorite characters on Fibber McGee and Molly, and that's the next door neighbor, little girl Teeny. And Teeny has a new cat, and Teeny has uh, entrusted her cat to Mr. McGee. And, of course, he loses it. <laughs> so, we're trying to catch Teeny's cat, and that's the name of this episode, Catching Teeny's Cat. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a fun one. And we have quite a few comments on the other side. So, here we go. Fibber, McGee, and Molly from October 14th, 1947. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. <laughs> of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. Maybe statesmen and politicians would listen more to the voice of the people if smart people spoke up and the dumb people weren't so noisy. For instance, listen to an average citizen popping off as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. And another thing. If them so-called experts at the United Nations Conference took my advice, I'd clean up their troubles in two, two minutes flat. But no, they don't even answer my letters. Is that gratitude? Is that courtesy? Uh, is... What, uh, what is your plan, sweetheart? Just send all the interpreters home. That's all. <laughs> and then? 
And then when them delegates started calling each other names, nobody would understand what they were saying. <laughs> Take it from one who knows, kiddo, there's nothing more discouraging than losing an argument with yourself. Well, I think you may have something there, McGee, but uh, maybe you if you gargle and take some aspirin, it'll go away. <laughs> Don't sell me short, baby. It's a terrific idea. If they can't argue with each other, they, they, they've got to agree. That's simple, ain't it? Well, there's just one thing. How would you keep them from shaking their heads? Turn out the lights. <laughs> well, you send them another letter, dearie. Send it registered mail. You bet. In the meantime, I've got to go upstairs and sort the laundry. Okay, Tootsie. Ah, there goes a good kid. <laughs> Steady as a rock and solid as a boogie beat. <laughs> Half the world in a turmoil, and what does she do? She sorts the laundry. <laughs> right, George, if everybody was like her, there'd be more clean shirts and less dirty linen, and... Aha! Maybe that's a special delivery from Lake Success. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, teeny. To what do I owe the doubtful play? Hey, 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 what you got there? Well, it's a kitty cat. Oh. <laughs> Isn't he cute? Mm -hmm. I've always wanted a little kitty cat, but my mama says cats carry germs, but this one isn't carrying any because I held him over the garbage can and shook him, I betcha. Well, what's a few germs between friends anyway? Personally, I think it's a wonderful thing for children to have pets. Well, so does my mama, too, but she says the trouble is when a pet start having children. <laughs> hey, he sounds like he's hungry. Oh, he can't be hungry, I bet you. No? I gave him a saucer root beer and two chocolate marshmallows and half my bubble gum. <laughs> you did, eh? Yes, he was so, hmm? I says you did, eh? Did what? Gave him all that stuff to eat. What stuff? A saucer root beer, two chocolate marshmallows and half your bubble gum. Oh, you forgot the dill pickle. <laughs> I gave him that the very first thing. Well, I'm sorry. I'll remember that in the future. I'm not going to give him any more in the future. <laughs> it made him sick. <laughs> oh, don't cry, Raymond. I won't give you any more pickles. <laughs> Raymond, eh? That's a cute name for a cat, sis. I, I don't like it. Hmm? I think Raymond is a bum name for a cat, I betcha. Well, then why call him Raymond? I have to. That's his name. Well, who named him? I did. Well, if you don't like the name Raymond for a cat, why did you name him Raymond? <laughs> I named him before I found out he wasn't that kind of a cat. I had a wonderful cat once when I was a kid, sis. Big striped fella. He was a bird cat. He was a who? <laughs> he was a bird cat. Always took him with me when I went hunting. Better than any bird dog I ever owned. I called him Sun. S-U-N, Sun. Oh, gee. On account of he was so bright, I bet you. No, on account of every night he'd disappear and wouldn't come back till morning. <laughs> well, sir, I'll never forget one day. Now, quiet, quiet, Raymond. I don't want to hear it either, but we got to be polite. Well, sir, I'll never forget one day I was out after some quail. Willie Toops had a brother in the Navy, and he says... Please! Okay. Quiet, Raymond. Well, sir, this bird cat of mine was sneaking on ahead, sliding silently through the brush like a little cloud of gray smoke. Uh -huh. Suddenly, he disappears. I wait. And then I feel a tug at my pants leg, and there was Sun. He looks up at me and jerks his head toward a little patch of woods. I takes the safety off my shotgun. The cat shakes his head. I was puzzled. Gee, me too, I betcha. And Raymond. 
Well, sir, the brainy little beast leads me to a little cabin in the clearing. There was a bench outside the door, and on the bench was an almanac. The cat jumps up onto the bench, wets his paw with his tongue, and starts turning the pages. Comes to a calendar and looks up at me. I looks at the page, and then I seen it. Seen what? Not seen, Teeny. Saw. Oh. I saw what the cat meant. The quail season didn't open till the next day. Cat, it saved me a ten-buck fine and maybe a week in the pokey. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, whatever became of you, mister, whatever, hmm, whatever. He ran away, sis, and I never saw him again. Unless... Hmm? Unless what? Well, a few years later, I passed a woman on the street wearing a funny-looking striped fur coat, just kind of flung across her shoulders. And as I went past, one of the sleeves waved at me. <laughs> That may have been just a coincidence. Gee, you think my kitty will ever be that smart, mister? I rather doubt it, sis, but let me have a look at him. I've been a judge at more cat shows than the chairwoman of a sewing circle. Okay. Here, Raymond, let Mr. McGee look at him. Now, take it easy, Raymond. Hey, hey, he's crashing. Hey, come out here, you little monster. Hey, Batman. Oh, he ran out the door. Here, Raymond. Where is he, sis? Where'd he go? He, he went under the porch. Oh, sure. And it's all your fault. Mm -hmm. He was the only kitty I ever had except Margaret. And he's a dog. Now, 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 take it easy, sis. I'll get Raymond out of there. If I have to tear the house down. Oh, my poor little kitty. Poor little now, Raymond. Now, please, sis, please. What'll the neighbors think? <laughs> if I only had something to take my mind off of it, like... Well, maybe 50 cents or something. Oh, for the love of Pete, here's 50 cents. Now pipe down. I'll get Raymond back for you. Promise? Absolutely. Okay. Then I'll go down to Kramer's drugstore and get a couple of banana splits. Hmm? Most women, when they got trouble, they go out and buy a hat. I buy banana splits. Thanks, mister. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Tina. Why, that little... Oh, well... Never break a promise to a child. Here, Raymond. Here, Raymond. Nice kitty. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Dog gone it. Or, I mean, cat gone it. I better go and get my flash. Billy Mills in the orchestra, and I wonder who's kissing her now.
right there is where he ran under the porch, Molly. Yeah, you see? Yeah. Now, you stand here, and when I flush him out, you grab him. You better put some gloves on. He scratches like a 1923 record of Isham Jones. <laughs> well, all right, but... Oh, wait a minute, dearie. Here comes that nice Mr. Williams, the weatherman. Oh, we'll never get any place talking to him. He skirts a subject like Hattie Carnegie with a stylish stout. That guy is so... Hush, dearie. Hello there, Mr. Williams. Ah, it's Mr. and Mrs. McGee. Good afternoon, in a way. Hi, Williams. How's everything in the Weather Bureau? Cloudy Tuesday, followed by Wednesday and Thursday? Uh, unsettled, rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have information of a cold front moving in from the Pacific, which, if it meets high temperatures over the Midwest, might result in almost anything. (laughs) I would say, unofficially, that conditions are general. uh, Although they might change for the better... Or worse. (laughs) It's difficult to say. Yes, it seems to be. (laughs) By the way, Williams, what's your first name? In case I want to send the Weather Bureau a postcard. I find the government gives better service if you pester them a little. (laughs) My name is F. Ogden Williams. F. Ogden Williams. What's the F for, Mr. Williams? Uh, That was left indefinite, Mrs. McGee. (laughs) My parents just named me... F. Ogden. I was to choose my own first name when I came of age, but I've been unable to reach a a definite conclusion. That I can believe. F. Ogden Williams, eh? You know something, Foggy? You kind of remind me of my brother. He was a stocking salesman, but he was too bashful for the work. Couldn't stand getting himself out on a limb. I see. I think. Yes. Yes, I'm sure I do. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you must be busy. At least you seem to be making preparation for something. Naturally, I wouldn't know. For sure. Well, good day. Probably. Mark my words, love boat. That guy is going to be an important man in the government one of these days. You think so, dearie? Yes, sir. Any guy that can avoid taking a stand on anything like he does is going right to the top. <laughs> well, this isn't getting that cat out of there. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here, Raymond. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. kitty. Well, he's under the porch, all right, but maybe well, not. Well, 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 what goes on here? And can you use another player? Why, hello, Dr. Gamble. There's a cat under the porch, and himself here is going in after Yeah, never mind giving me some expert advice, who either, Tommy Thumper. Yeah. I took more cats out from under more porches than you took appendixes out of people with simple indigestion. Well, you know, uh, he promised the little girl across the street he'd rescue her cat, and he's going to do it, Doctor. I never break a promise to a child, Doc. Anybody that makes a promise to a child in the first place is a fathead, but I did it, and I got to make good. You still under there, Raymond? Are you sure his name is Raymond? Sounds like an old girlfriend of mine. (laughs) Always hungry and always complaining. Well, doggone it, you'd be pretty miserable, too, if you were hiding in the dark under a strange porch, scared to death and with a busted leg. McGee! A broken leg? Why, you didn't tell me. That poor little thing, how terrible. Well, don't stand there like a goop, you sadistic little brute. Why didn't you tell me? We can't let that kitten suffer. 
Here, hold my medicine kit. I get under the porch, you hand it to me. No, no, Doc. This is my job. Let me do it. On side, McGee. I've never doctored a cat before, but it'll be nice having a patient who won't try to tell me my business. I sure appreciate this, Doc. Out of my way, Gabby. Now, let me see. I better go in feet first in case there's no room to turn around. Oh, my goodness. He'll ruin that suit. He can't hurt that suit. He sent it to the Greek Relief three times, and they always send it back. Doc? I'm all right. Hand me that flashlight. It's as dark as a peritoneum in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whose? <laughs> here you are, Doctor. Do you see the cat in there? Well, I'm getting close to him. He just walked across my back. Well, good, good. That's a pretty long walk for a small kitten, Doc. <laughs> Can't you grab him? Be quiet a minute. Let me look around under here. Oh, isn't this terrible? Has that poor little thing really a broken leg? No, nah, I never said it had a broken leg. I just said the doc would be miserable, too, if he was under a strange porch with a broken leg. <laughs> You know, Doc, always jumping to conclusions. Why, Fibber McGee, you just said that so he did Oh, hello, pal. What's going on? Oh, hi, Junior. There's a cat under the porch. We're trying to get him out, Mr. Wilcox. Hey, have you got any more batteries for this flashlight, McGee? It's getting pretty dim. That's not a cat. That's Doc Gamble. (laughs) What's he doing under the house? He just bought a new foundation garment, and he's trying it out. Well, say, Molly, hold my coat, will you please? I'm going under that porch myself. Go ahead, Junior. And if you run across a fat little animal in there with an intelligent look in his eye, that's the cat. (laughs) Doc is the one with the flashlight. (laughs) Well, between us, we ought to be able to find the little blister. Hey, move over, Doc. I'm coming in. Hey, Doc, where are you? I'm way back here, Harlow. Just follow the buttons off my shirt. Okay. Yeah, kitty, kitty. Yeah, kitty, kitty, kitty. I think you ought to be ashamed of yourself, McGee. The idea of making those two men do your work for you. I didn't make them any do any such a thing for me. Besides, this will be good for Doc. Why? Oh, work a little that tummy off him. You know, I was with Doc at a Kiwanis meeting last week, and they had a very good speaker. And when he got through, Doc just sits there. I says, why don't you clap your hands, Doc? I says. And he says, I can't. My hands don't meet in front. <laughs> Just to say, oh, here comes Mr. Wilcox out again. You didn't stay long, Mr. Wilcox. I know. Uh, hey, give me a lift, will you, pal? Yeah. <clears throat> ah, thanks. Hey, how far back does that porch go, Molly? Well, you can crawl way back clear under the kitchen, Mr. Wilcox. Why, Junior? Because this is something I've always wanted to do. This is a great day for me, what folks. What are you talking about? Well, look, for year after year, I've been telling people about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, how it brings out the beauty of the kitchen linoleum with such little effort. Mm-hmm. How you just pour out a little glow coat, yeah. spread it around, let it dry for 20 minutes mm-hmm. or less, no rubbing, no buffing, mm-hmm. how it beautifies and protects the linoleum, yeah, how but... it makes housework so much easier, gives the little woman so much more free time. Yes, 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 we know all that, but what that got to do with Great Day? Well, this is the first time I ever saw a kitchen floor from underneath. I wanted to find out if you could use glow coat on both sides of it, and you know something? I'd like to try it, just for fun. (laughs) Look, Waxy... You, uh, you ever think of giving up this work and going back into Chautauqua? <laughs> no, I prefer radio. You do? Yes, huh? I can get to more people and fewer people can get to me. 
Well, thanks for the look at the bottom of the floor, and I hope you find your cat. So long now. So long, Gene. You know, McGee, we haven't heard a word from the doctor for some time. Yoo-hoo, doctor! Hey, Doc, are you all right? Yes, but I wish you'd keep quiet. This cat is frightened. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. Cats are high-strung animals, Molly. That's why they wind up as E-strings on violins. <laughs> I knew a fiddler once tried to play at a dog show. It was awful. Every time a pup would bark, his fiddle string would raise up to the middle like an Ohio old-timer. Hello there, Mr. Old-timer. Hello there, kids. What you standing out here for, being <laughs> Well, there's a cat under our porch, Mr. Oldtimer. Oh, shucks, kids. You don't have to run out of the house just on account of a cat under the porch. They won't hurt you. I mind one time years ago, I lived in a swamp in Florida. Had crocodiles under the house all the time. One night, the biggest croc ever seen come waddling right into my bedroom. A big croc, eh? Yep. Know who it was? Cousin of mine named Jess Fiddleford. <laughs> Always crocked in them days, Jess was. I remember once I was... You know, I... I have an uncle with the same weakness, Mr. Oldtimer. My uncle Dennis. <laughs> He's weak, all right. Can't even hold his foot up without a brass rail under it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. The way I heard it. What was that? The cat. Oh. Well, the way I heard it, one feller says to tell the feller, he says, I hear that new army plane, the one that goes 1,500 miles an hour. I hear it killed a man the other day. Is that so, says t'other feller. Pilot, was he? Nope, says the first feller. Just a spectator. Tried to watch it go by and broke his neck. <laughs> Say, uh, Johnny. Yeah? About that cat. Uh, ever stop to think that motherhood is... Well, I mean, maybe it was going to have some... Uh, what do you think? <laughs> well, it wouldn't matter. There's a doctor in attendance. No. <laughs> Oh, that's good, kids. Well, see you later. The Kingsman and Tallahassee. Tallahassee, when you see that kind of green and grassy, beneath the moon, bright beyond compare. Chirping high and sassy And catch one sniff of southern cooking Hanging on the evening air When you see folks at home All polite and classy And every smile you see Bid you stay and rest Get off that train You're in Tallahassee The Southland at its When you see all your people on the southbound train, I want you to listen to my friendly advice. About a quarter after seven, we'll be pulling into paradise. When you see land out of the window of the train, find the green and grassy. How in the world can you complain? Beneath the moon, you ought to see the way it shines bright beyond compare. The way it shines upon the plain. When you hear blue jays chirping, kind of high and kind of sassy. Get that whip of southern cooking, fly 
She's been there half an hour. Uh, if I couldn't find a cat any quicker than that, I wouldn't call myself a doctor. How are you doing, Doc? Give me five more minutes, children. By that time, I'll either have a cat or a collapse. <laughs> here, Raymond, here, kitty, kitty. You know, McGee, I think he's really enjoying this. Why, sure he is, and why not? No telephone calls, no nurses rushing in and out with their starched uniforms scratching up the interns. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Doc spent a little time under our porch every afternoon. <laughs> well, nobody would be more welcome under our porch, I'm sure. The doctor is... Oh, look, McGee, here comes Mr. Wimple. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hi, Wimp, old man. Oh, hello, folks. Why, what are you looking so perturbed about, Mr. Wimple? I'm, I'm looking for a place to hide. Yeah? Sweetie Face is after me again. Oh. Sweetie Face, that's my big old wife. <laughs> Yeah, we know, Wimp. What's she after you for this time? Well, it was just a misunderstanding, Mr. McGee. Yeah? She objected to the way I was drying my fish line. Well, isn't that ridiculous? What difference does it make how you dry your fish line? It made quite a difference to her, Mrs. McGee. You should have seen her tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> tumbling down the stairs? Yes. It seems I had my fish line sort of stretched across the top of the stairs, and she tripped over it. <laughs> They think I had done it deliberately <laughs> Well, after all, she might have been seriously hurt, Mr. Wimple Yes, yeah, she might have been But the fish line broke And she didn't trip very hard oh, I have a stronger line someplace But I simply couldn't find it <laughs> What'd she do after she took the header, Wimp? Chase you out of the house? <laughs> no <laughs> I ran up in the attic And I hid in the trunk Oh our trunk is full... Our attic is full of trunks. Oh, yes. yes. And she knew I was in one of them, so you know what she did? She locked every one of them. Heavenly oh. days, including the one you were in? Yes. <laughs> I almost died laughing. You see, I had taken the bottom out of all the trunks long ago. Well, that's smart work, kid. Yes, but I better get out of sight. May I hide under your porch? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Wimple, but Dr. Gamble is under there now. <laughs> he is? My goodness, I didn't even know he was married. <laughs> well, I'll find some other place then. Thanks, anyway, folks. Bye. Uh, the greatest living dodger since Cookie Lavagetto. I'll bet he... <laughs> I caught you, didn't I, Raymond? Ah, here, here, Doc. Let me take him. Come to Uncle Fibber, Kitty. That's it, I got him. Give me a hand, somebody. There. There. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. There. Nice to be out of there. Next time the coal miners strike, I won't be so unsympathetic. Well, we certainly thank you for all your troubles, Doctor. Yeah, great work, Doc. Took you long enough, but it was great work. Now, about that broken leg, you little... <laughs> now, freaker. wait a minute, Doc. I... I can... Oh, hey, here comes Teeny. Hey, Teeny, here's your cat. Come on, Teeny, come and get him. I told you I'd get him for you, and we did. How do you like that we? <laughs> Hello there, Teeny. Here's your cat. Hi, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi, Mr. McGee. Well, here's your kitten, Teeny. Give it to her, McGee. Now, here, sis. Come on. Take it away. Hmm? Take it. Take your cat. Get it out of here. Oh, 
that isn't my cat, Mr. McGee. What? No, I was just playing with that thing for a while this morning. Oh. I don't want the dirty old thing. <laughs> well, I gotta go home now and feed my doggie. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for the banana splits, Mr. McGee. Why, that little... <laughs> I, uh... <clears throat> I say, Molly, may I use your bathtub? Why, sure, Doc. Help yourself. You know where to find the soap and towels, Doctor. I'm not going to need soap and towels. I just want to drown your husband after I break his leg. <laughs> I... Now, look, now, look. I can explain. Now, I'll... you wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't strike a man with a kitten in his arm. Got to run down to the newsstand, Molly. Be right back. What's all the hurry? Dinner's almost ready. I got to get a magazine. Somebody told me there's an article about us in this issue. Out today. Hey, you got any change? No, I haven't. Oh, never mind. I'll charge it as usual. The newsstand guy don't like it, but he does it for what me. What magazine has our pictures in it? Look magazine. Hey, why don't you come with me? While he gives me a dirty look, you can grab a clean one, huh? <laughs> don't you get it, Molly? It ain't funny, McGee. It ain't? Well, it's hard to hold that terrific pace right up to the end. <laughs> Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, there you have it. That was Fibber McGee and Molly, as originally broadcast on October 14th, 1947. And the name of that episode was Catching Teeny's Cat. <laughs> you know, if unless you were, are not a huge fan of old-time radio, or maybe you're new to it and you're becoming a fan, if you weren't aware of it, Teeny, the little girl that is constantly on that show, is actually, of course, played by, by Molly or by Marion Jordan. Apparently, that is a character she developed way back when they were first uh, trying to make a living in vaudeville, and then they went on to Chicago, where they did some of the very, very early radio. That was a character that Molly had carried with her for many, many years, and it really started paying off on uh, on their big network show, Fibber McGee and Molly, because some of the best episodes had Teeny in them. Really, really funny conversations. On this particular show, we're going back pretty far, at least for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was not even going to make my entrance into this world for another two months after this show was first broadcast. Sometimes references are made that I get real curious about because I don't know what it is that is being referenced. For instance, you know, might have noticed McGee said, that cat scratches like a 1923 record of Isham Jones. Who's Isham Jones? I didn't know. Maybe some of you did. He was a band leader a song, and a songwriter. He was born in Ohio, kind of a musical family. His dad was a violinist. They moved to Saginaw, Michigan, which is, which is where he grew up. And there he actually started his first ensemble for church concerts. In 1911, one of his earliest compositions was on the Alamo, and it got published. In 1915, he was a young man. He moved to Chicago and began performing at the Green Mill Gardens. 
and then at Fred Mann's Rainbow Gardens. And Chicago remained his home until 1932 when he settled in New York City. So you've got to wonder if uh, the Jordans didn't get to know him in Chicago, because those were many of the years that they were getting started off there. In 1917, he composed the tune, We're in the Army Now. <laughs> I, I did not know who wrote that. And that was used during World War I as a uh, patriotic song for the United States. The tune also became popular again during World War II, and it is still often played by the U.S. Army Band. The Isham Jones Band made a series of popular gramophone records for Brunswick throughout the 20s. So this is what McGee was talking about. He led one of the most popular dance bands in the 20s and 30s. His first successful recording, Wabash Blues, was recorded in 1921 and was a million seller. It stayed on the charts for 12 weeks, six of those at number one, and it won him a gold disc by the Recording Industry of America, which, of course, we have come to know as a gold record. Other familiar songs he wrote include I'll See You in My Dreams and It Had to Be You. And he wrote about 33 other songs. And actually, uh, he helped some very notable band leaders get their start. At one point or another in uh, the early days, Isham Jones' band included the likes of Benny Goodman and also Woody Herman. So that's what McGee was talking about there when he said Scratchy as a 1923 record of Isham Jones. Then the other one is, uh, he again, this is McGee. He said uh, Mr. Williams, who is the weatherman, who was played by Gail Gordon, skirts a subject like Hattie Carnegie with a stylish stop. So I thought to myself, who is Hattie Carnegie? And I had to look that up. And it ends up that Hattie Carnegie came from a family of immigrants. They came to the United States, settled in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. That was not a ritzy area, folks. She attended public schools until her father died in 1902. And so to support her family, help support her family, she took a job as a messenger at Macy's at age 13. At age 15, she modeled and trimmed hats. In 1909, she launched a hat-making business of her own with Rose Roth. Roth was a dressmaker, and Carnegie designed the hats. By 1919, Roth had left the business, and Carnegie was the sole proprietor of Hattie Carnegie Incorporated. At this point, uh, she had working capital of over $100,000 and began traveling to Paris to buy original dresses to both sell in her shop and use as inspiration for her own designs. In 1925, she bought a building just off Park Avenue at 42 East 49th Street, and by 1929, her sales had reached $3.5 million a year. In 1928, a then-unknown Lucille Ball began working for Carnegie as an in-house model. Carnegie ordered Ball to dye her then-brown hair blonde, and Ball complied. I wonder if that's not how she became a redhead. Ball later said, Hattie taught me how to slouch properly in a $1,000 hand-sewn sequin dress and how to wear a $40,000 sable coat as casually as if it were made out of rabbit. When Ball later moved back to New York City to resume her pursuit of an acting, she supported herself by again working for Carnegie. In 1915, she was invited to design the Women's Army Corps uniform. So the wax 
wore uniforms designed by her. In 1952, she received the Congressional Medal of Freedom for her WAC uniform design and for many other charitable and patriotic contributions. So apparently she was a well-known designer, Patty Carnegie. By the way, that last name was a name she assumed. It was not a given name. She started uh, looking at all of the names that she thought would open doors for her. And so she adopted the name Carnegie. And I had never heard of her, but of course, McGee made reference to her. That's one of the things I just love about Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, that's going to do it uh, for this Monday, February the 1st, 2021. We will be back tomorrow with an old-time radio drama, and we hope that you will join us then. I was looking for a nice little 1947 song, and I ran across this one by a singer by the name of James Basket. Do you know who he is? Well, you will when you hear the song, because I'm sure it's going to be familiar to most of us. This was from a a movie, a Disney movie from 1947, entitled Song of the South. Sadly, it's a movie that they just don't feel comfortable releasing anymore, because it had a lot of really serious racial stereotyping in it. It took place back in the days of slavery. It's really sad that kids don't get to hear today stories that were uh, about Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear from Uncle Remus. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactual. Zippity-doo-dah. Zippity-ay. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Yes, sir. Zippity-doo-dah. Zippity-ay. My, oh, my. What a wonderful day. Oh, thank you, sunshine, in the wind.
Satisfaction zippity-doo-da, zippity-ay. Wonderful feelings, feeling this way. Zoom, 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 Wonderful. 